Hello and welcome to Real Talk with me, Marius Roberts. Now in this motoring podcast series, I've partnered with Investec Focus Radio to bring you insights, car reviews and trends that are shaping the automotive industry right here in South Africa. So today I wanted to chat to you about the purchasing trends that I've been noticing in South Africa recently, some of which make perfect sense to me from a practical point of view, and then others are, well, just plain bonkers. Uh, the one that I know, you all know about, is this craze for crossovers, SUVs, sport utility vehicles, call them whatever, whatever you like. I can't say I'm a fan, and I can't say I quite understand it, because if I look at this SUV craze, so many of the SUVs, crossovers, look no different to the hatchbacks that they're replacing. In actual fact, most of the time, they've got maybe a two or three mil ground clearance advantage over a hatchback. So I don't know. It's like what came first, the chicken or the egg. But at the end of the day, consumers are being told that they are driving this I want SUV, I want crossover. And manufacturers are saying, ah, we're just giving people what they want. I kind of think this has been decided by manufacturers and they're making them look cool, nice name, super sexy styling, and we are all just marching to their drum. One thing I do want you to be aware of, a lot of people buy SUVs and crossovers thinking they're getting space. Uh, No. I mean, that's for me where I go, never. Your sedan always was going to give you and will still give you a bigger boot. It gives you a better ride quality, in my opinion. There's always going to be a compromise when you raise a car higher off the ground in terms of the driving dynamics and and how it feels. So that's something that I I do want you to to consider. Something we've also seen, and and I really do believe this is happening, is, is downsizing. And downsizing happens purely from an affordability perspective. So I think a lot of people are either choosing, those guys that only buy new cars will say, I can't afford a new car, so I now need to downsize into something else. Whereas those people that are more flexible, instead of downsizing, will retain the same type of car with the same specification level, but they'll be going secondhand now. So we've seen that happen. But from a downsizing perspective, I think a lot of people that are doing that are actually the slightly older buyers out there. Kids have left the house and they look at it, do we really need a car that's this big? Um, as you get older, it becomes more difficult climbing into these cars. So finding a vehicle that sits a little bit higher off the ground, that's where the crossovers come into it, is easier access for a slightly older consumer out there. From a downsizing perspective, people aren't only downsizing in terms of space, but also downsizing in terms of output and performance because they're trying to ensure with fuel prices going the way they have gone, that uh, that things are obviously affordable too. Um, Diesel vehicles were always things that I would push and promote because of, um, especially in crossovers, in terms of what you get, the nature of how the diesel works. But uh, the price of diesel now sees a lot of people looking at small capacity turbo engines and I guess looking at EVs and hybrids, which is a really nice segue into that discussion. Are EVs really the future of motoring in South Africa or in the world, I guess? I'd love to say no, but everything I'm seeing is telling me, Morris, you are are wrong. Um, And you look at the moment in European markets, you know, there's a full ban on internal combustion engines from like 2035 in some countries. I think Holland's 2025. And that's a big, big problem um, for us in South Africa. We manufacture a lot of cars here that get exported to Europe. And what's happening now is we're no longer exporting those cars. And that's also part of why we're seeing that drop-off in certain vehicles like the VW Polo um, will no longer be exported to European markets because they don't 
need them. They, they need electric vehicles. So there's been a big push. And, and for the manufacturers in South Africa, it's like a four-year cycle. And they've got to go to brand and say, hello, come and make your car here in South Africa. So it's really important if we want to maintain the jobs um, that the manufacturing segment in South Africa provides, that we do start playing in the space and producing electric vehicles for export. Otherwise, we're going to lose literally 50% of our production value goes to uh, export in the motoring industry. So it's really concerning. I don't have a problem with electric vehicles in terms of range anxiety, because that's the first thing I get asked. ESCOM, are we going to charge our cars? Actually, what's going to happen? You've got a cell phone. You manage to keep your cell phone charged. Now, if you view an electric vehicle like your mobile phone, no problem. You plug your car in as and when. So it's not like I need to find a filling station. I need to now drive my electric vehicle till it's got no more charge. No, not at all. Every day when you get home, you plug it in, you top it up and off you go. Uh, the reality is the average commuter in South Africa does 30 Ks a day and your range on EV vehicles is now easy 250 to 300 kilometers. So there's no need for range anxiety. My concern is though that we do spend more time driving on motorways and that is not really what the EV vehicle is designed for. It's designed for stop-start traffic congestion. That's where it's going to return um, its best figures. So the minute you go on the open road, taking a trip down to Cape Town or Durban, well, that is not going to be an easy thing to do in your electric vehicle because you'll have to stop and you'll have to charge. The biggest concern also is that they are very expensive. So at the moment, if you want to get into a proper electric vehicle, you're going to be dropping like 2 million rand. That's kind of what you're looking to spend. So if you really want to convince me that electric vehicles are the future, what we should be seeing is small, compact cars. Let's talk like your Suzuki's that are EV vehicles that are easy to run around the town. And that is affordable to the average guy out there, to you and I. So that for me is a, is a big question mark. And I would still love to see a manufacturer do a proper case study from beginning to end saying, what is the cost to produce that electric vehicle from beginning to end? What is the replacement cost for the consumer on that battery? And what happens to that lithium-ion battery once I'm done with it? And compare that to the normal car manufacturing process because I don't see those figures being discussed at all. I know manufacturers are put under pressure because these policies are dictated to by governments. They are driving that mandate and the manufacturers have to follow suit. But if I look at the cars that are being produced at the moment, if we are serious about saving the world with EVs, then we should be producing little cars with small batteries. But instead, what are we doing? producing massive SUVs that weigh three tons that then need huge lithium-ion batteries to propel them. So you're appealing to people at the high end of the purchasing spectrum instead of making vehicles that are affordable for us from a, a daily perspective. So I don't see things changing very quickly in this country in terms of what we see on uh, in the park in the in the parking lots and on the highways in terms of suddenly everyone's buying uh, EV cars because we just can't afford them the majority of South Africans but I do think there's going to be a big change in the cars that are manufactured and produced in South Africa to ensure that jobs are retained from a production perspective in terms of hybrids. We've seen a, a lot more hybrids coming into market that then are more affordable. Great example, uh, Toyota with their Corolla Cross. You know, that is a car that drops straight into that very, very popular crossover segment. Uh, and the EV there is kind of replacing a turbo. So they've got a normally aspirated engine, but the, the hybrid, the little battery, is just supplementing it to ensure that it is a little bit more efficient and gives you better performance. So I think the hybrid um, scenario works a lot better in our application, and they also do make them a little bit more 
more affordable. And then finally, the bonkers for Bucky's mentality in South Africa. I, I don't see that changing at all. South Africans love their Bucky's. So have a look at the moment. You see Bucky's everywhere. Most of them are double cabs four by four they've probably gone and fitted aftermarket mud terrain tires they look the part but if you look at what a bucky was originally developed to do it was a workhorse now these buckies are not really doing anything like that maybe they carry the occasional load of garbage to the tip or maybe you're putting your kids in it on your daily commute on the school run on the highways and the byways but you don't need four by four for that yet people are buying these vehicles Difficult, I know, to try and convince someone that a bucky is not what they need because, again, it appeals to the lifestyle and the status. And what is alarming, I mean, right now, VW have just uh, launched their all-new Amarok um, that is built here in South Africa, but obviously built by Ford. Uh, and early in the new year, Ford's going to be bringing out their Ranger. You are talking a million bucks. That's what you are looking at for a double cab Bucky. It is crazy. Uh, and for me, I still, as I covered earlier, don't quite understand the needs analysis because people are buying these vehicles and not using them for what they were intended for. So the Bucky has become this do all kind of vehicle, but that is that is impossible. So I would much rather see people, I would buy a vehicle that suits my day to day drive and then buy the workhorse, the stripped down Bucky, if I am wanting to load my motorbikes or put the dogs in the back or whatever it might be. But I don't see anything changing from a Bucky craze perspective. All that's going to be happening is you're going to be paying a hell of a lot more money for it. And that is why the doorway has been opened for manufacturers like. GWM with the P-Series, uh, Mahindra with their pickup buckies, because people are looking for simple workhorses that get the job done uh, and not these lifestyle vehicles with 4x4 and low range, but they've got 21-inch wheels. You don't want to be scratching the rims, and you certainly don't want to be getting muddy boots in your leather-clad interior. So those are just a couple of trends that I see continuing or happening uh, in our market uh, going forward. Nothing much is going to be changing, I can tell you that, when it comes to buckies and crossovers. But um, things are certainly going to change from an EV perspective, from a manufacturing uh, point of view. So I really do hope these little tips and tricks will give you some insights and help you make better informed decisions when it comes to purchasing your next car. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Real Talk with me, Marius Roberts. You can listen to more motoring insights by subscribing to Investec Focus Radio wherever you get your podcasts. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendations. Investec Private Banking, a division of Investec Bank Limited, a registered credit provider committed to the code of banking practice as regulated by the Ombudsman for Banking Services.